0: Hello, Parkview, and uh, welcome to another episode of the Training Podcast. This is Pastor Thomas, and I am joined by Mark Bomer and
1: Doug Fern.
0: Wow, our faithful uh, pastors of East, East, and Central, and of course, lead pastor Mark here with us. And today, we want to talk about the upcoming sermon series that we will that will follow our series on the definition of a whole disciple, uh, and that is the letter of. James, mm-hmm. James. Right. Okay. Our Jewish brother in Christ, James, half brother of Jesus, James, leader of the church in Jerusalem, James. Um, so we're really excited for this letter and we thought we would just give you some uh, some of our encouragements, our thoughts, and just ways you we intend for you to learn a ton from the letter of James in this summer series. So this summer, we're going to be in the book of James starting uh, May 28th, I believe, is is sermon number one in James, and it's four plus five plus four, I think it's like 13, yep, 13 sermons in James. Um, that's but, some fine math there, that's excellent. Yeah, well, I had help, um, <laughs> and, uh, and we'll, so we'll end this series right as we're getting into the next school year, so no sneak pre- peeks on what's coming after that, but... <laughs> But for the summer, we're in James. So we're really excited about that. Now, wanted to ask you fellas, here we are sitting around. We just, by the way, finished our first sermon team meeting, uh, going through the first five passages, first five sermons that you will hear on the book of James. And that was encouraging. And of course, it was good hard work. Doug was saying, wow, that was a long meeting, worthwhile and helpful and helpful um, and good to hear the many voices that contributed there. Um, but it just made us think how exciting to get into James. So what, I'll just put this out there for both of you. The average person coming in, what should you know about James? What is is there to know about the book of James that we should get excited about?
2: Well, you know, you can't help but notice that James is just super practical. Mm -hmm. And so people that like... um, direct instruction people that like imperatives you Mm -hmm. know uh they really thrive on books like this because it's like okay this just tell me what to do right Mm -hmm. okay i believe in christ he's my savior um so people that like to be told what to do or have very Mm -hmm. clear instructions um james is all over that i think we were talking about in our in our sermon team time uh, like fifty-four imperatives within one hundred and eight verses, so lots mm-hmm. of to-dos, and literally half. Yeah, it just I, there's some math for you. Yeah, there you go. You are on the <laughs> math today. today. man. Right. I'm humbled, <laughs> but super practical. I mean, just here's some things to do that mm-hmm. will um, become evidence of your faith.
1: Mm-hmm. I think one thing I'm excited about too is the. Uh, It's it's different as a New Testament book. It's just written different. It reads Mm -hmm. differently, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, if you're used to reading the Pauline letters, you know, Paul writes in a very persuasive. He's making an argument sort of throughout his writing, and James is just structured very differently. It's Mm -hmm. a a unique um, New Testament book. Many people compare it to like the Proverbs in the Old Testament. It's like that for the New Testament. So, so I'm just I'm excited sort of reading a new it's not really a new genre necessarily, mm-hmm. but a new style of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's different for us as preachers. You might not think of that as you're thinking of, thinking of studying yeah. this book, but to go from Acts, which is a very, it's yeah. such a unique book to preach. Um, and then to a topical, more or less topical series on the definition of a disciple, even though we're always gonna be in the text. To go to James, which you're right, is very different from the Pauline letters, which have their own logical flow, and Paul has his own way of arguing. James is just kind of—it's earthy, it's example, and here's what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. You got to stop it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. And it's just a—it is sort of refreshing. Yeah. Um, I was thinking actually about, uh, you know, we've we've done our groups podcast that's covered what we do in the sermon on a weekly basis, and I was just lamenting the fact that this summer I'm not going to get to, you know, have that that separate sort of instruction time with the Book of James because our groups are going to be doing a, a book study this summer, different book, not a book of the Bible um but yeah James so much to be excited about so for the average person if you were to say you know here's if you've heard of the book of James or if you've heard of a passage what kind what are a few passages that would sort of come to mind that probably probably a lot of christians if you've been around christianity for for any period of time you'd have heard a few of these which ones come to mind i
1: think chapter 1 where we're called to be doers of the word not just Merely hearers yes. of it.
0: That's one that stands out. Yep. 122. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah.
2: You know, it just, again, lots of little phrases in there, but like uh, to love the world, you know, is enmity toward God. You know, mm-hmm. just that, okay, what's, what's your real priority? Uh, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Some very practical things that obviously get... Come to light. I mean, but we can't skip over right at the very beginning the whole idea of just cons- count it all joy when you face trials, right? Mm-hmm. Again, counterintuitive to what we would normally think. It's like, wait a minute, it's not normally when we would go, okay, I'm going to be joyful here. Mm-hmm. But he highlights what good comes from it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure for sure, uh, many people will be aware of the apparent tension between the way that Paul talks about the relationship between faith and works and the way James talks about faith and works. So we just, we actually just finished with that passage in our sermon team discussion. And don't worry, we figured it all out. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Very
0: clear. Um, we're really excited to have Wade preach that passage um, <laughs> as his last sermon. And he's, we'll just say, hey, if you got any questions about that, go ahead, Wade Urich at Naperville Presbyterian Church, .org, and you can just send those right off. Um, but I'm sure that would be another one that that people would be kind of aware of. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, chapter 127 comes to mind as well. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows and their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Yeah, That's a, a verse that is maybe familiar for a lot of folks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Are there any in this in this book that you know even as we were sort of picking out what we would be preaching and and beginning to study it that you guys found yourself just kind of getting excited for getting to getting to preach it uh, to me it's a
2: it's a fun book you know just because it has so much in it. I mean you could break this down, you could preach it for a great length of time mm-hmm. because there's so many. You know individual things, but again, there's a good theme running through it. Um, I I like the whole. You know, at the end of chapter four, you know, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such a place or spend a year there and you know make a profit, and mm-hmm. then but he just says, "What is your life? It's a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Uh, rather, we should say, if the Lord wills." Uh, I think it's a great um, mindset to get into, just saying, okay. We're not as in control as we think we are, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a good reminder that it's up to the Lord. Uh, but in the, it, to as much as we can, we need to do the right thing mm-hmm. and and not sin in, in passing that opportunity up. Yeah, yeah, hmm.
1: yeah. I think the idea of, especially as we're talking about um, just being whole disciples, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the idea that you know throughout the book of James we see. Uh, you know, the faith fully integrated throughout all of life, Mm -hmm. you know, so it impacts the way that you speak. It Mm -hmm. impacts the the way that you view people who are different from you. It impacts the way that you love, the way you control yourself. Every aspect of your life is informed and comes from your faith. So it's like, it's kind of gives us a picture of somebody whose faith is totally integrated throughout Mm -hmm. their life Mm -hmm. and keeps us from living a, a life that says, you know, this is what I believe, but yet, my actions don't line up with that, you know. Right. So it kind of shows you a roadmap for how the how you, how those. It just it's it's like a picture of what it should look like, what a whole disciple should look like.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. so. that's right. So we're going from the series on a picture of what a whole disciple looks like to another series. Mm. Now I hope that just means we're saying what the Bible's saying. That's mm. my hope and prayer. That's yeah, always, <laughs> always. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've just started reading this book called Radically Whole by David Gibson. It's about the book of James, and he sort of isolates some themes. But I was really compelled by what he says in his introduction. He says, In what follows, I work from the assumption that James is so preoccupied with the theme of wholeness that we find it running through every single part of his letter like a golden thread. He is so taken with this idea that it is present at the level of a controlling motif and underlying argument, shaping everything even when he's not using specific words for wholeness or oneness. It is his governing and unifying theme. Hmm. So maybe that's a good transition for us to start thinking about, you know, what do we expect the book of James to sort of do to Parkview Church? We're going to look back in September, you know, or August, the end of August at this this book completely preached, you know, so to speak. Not that we'll say everything that James says or hmm. capture everything the Lord might want to say, but... Um, what kinds of things can people, as individuals, and even thinking at kind of the the corporate reality, what kind of things are you guys going to be praying for? Parkview, after hearing the word through James, we're going to see this effect. What kind of fruit? Well, I would hope. To me, you can't encounter Christ and
2: not be changed. Mm-hmm. And it's not just changed in the eternal sense of uh, you know adopted son or daughter of God, but you are, you now are different because. You see life differently. Mm-hmm. You, you have an eternal perspective now, mm-hmm. and so, even just in his own words, you know, uh, in, in James in in uh, two nineteen, you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? And he goes on it, it, in that whole. It's a very complex argument, and it, and it uh, raises questions. But the whole point is that. How how can you have this faith and not have some visible outworking of it? Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, if this faith is what the Scripture says it is, then we then will be changed by it. Mm-hmm. So that makes me excited and optimistic as one of the pastors here is saying, if we're really applying this, if we're really embracing what it means to be a whole disciple, mm-hmm. um, then as we start to define that and lay that out in a very practical sense, then people who are disciples of Christ by faith then start to live that out in some really cool ways. And just even some of the ways that are outlined in, in the text here are so cool. If we see those things emerging as a church, uh, God's going to be doing some great things here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think one thing that comes to mind too, and like sort of like on the path to seeing those changes happen... You know, a, a vision of people who are um, putting their faith into practice on a regular basis uh, changed. Um, you know, is is the act of repentance. You know, I think as the as the book gets preached and as we study it together as a church, you know, everybody's going to see likely in some way, shape, or form aspects of their life that are um, out of alignment with mm-hmm. their beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I would think as a step towards that change, that we would see. People repenting and you know turning from sin and turning to God, you know, and yeah. and wanting to bring their whole life in alignment with the the belief that that we have, mm-hmm. you know, the faith that we have. So mm-hmm. I think repentance is a is probably a, would be a, an outcome that mm-hmm. we would expect to see as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, yeah. As it, just as you both were talking, I was thinking it would be, it's the Lord's kindness to save us from an unintegrated life. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what to use James's language, half-hearted, double-minded mm-hmm. faith that sort of we have enough of Jesus to be um, churchgoers, <laughs> but not enough to actually turn away from the things that are actually causing the most significant pain in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually, even though you read James and you re- you read his bluntness, you know, and his just directness and his, his forthrightness, it's, it's, James, it's clearly James's heart and, of course, God's heart for us to have lives that, that actually express and get to experience the life that we have in Christ. And I, I mentioned it just in our meeting before here, but it seems like one of the central ideas here is um, uh, there in 1.25. It says, The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. And, and so in, in many cases in James there's sort of the negative example of what that what it looks like when it goes wrong and it seems like James is addre- James is addressing a lot of things going wrong um, but sort of the if if faith without works is dead is sort of the negative flag over James then uh, you will be blessed in your doing if you believe you will be blessed in your doing is sort of the positive flag over James as a book um, I also just think you know as we as we put, Pick series and books, and what we're going to do as a whole church, uh, forming whole disciples in terms of our sermon series. Um, you know, I remember hearing it said that uh, when you're picking things like this, you know, if you if are a church that doesn't spend, hasn't been in a prophet, a, a, a biblical prophet prophecy book for ten years, well, don't be surprised if people can't really hear the voice of God. Mm. If you go ten years without being in a wisdom book in Proverbs or James, like we are here. Don't be surprised if people are kind of making bad decisions, you know, unwise decisions, Um, or in this case, you know, also leading sort of an unintegrated life. So, um, and same thing, you know, if we're not in a gospel for 10 years, don't be surprised if people kind of don't feel real familiar with who Jesus is. So I'm excited for, you know, I think of James' wisdom. Expect to to see why you you should become wiser Um, and sense a more integrated into your life, um, you should be challenged to do what you have heard um, That's right. in a great way. Um, yeah, is there any any way that you guys would sort of encourage, you know, the people listening to this podcast to sort of pray for us as we prepare and, and get ready to preach this series, both for us as preachers, for the church as a whole, for one another?
2: I think that just prayer that... Um obviously, that we're spirit-led and that, that there's clarity there, mm-hmm. and that and that pray for us as we wrestle through these things. I, for for me, I can't preach a message without wrestling through mm-hmm. where I'm at with it, and sometimes that's hard, and sometimes it's hard to get out of my own way in some of those things, too, because uh, I want to be transparent and real about mm-hmm. it, too, because um, there's <laughs> there's a, a great deal of things in this book that make me go, oh, wow, I should probably tune up on that, and tune mm-hmm. up on this, and so I think it might help even for congregation just to realize that you and I and uh, whoever else is preaching, uh, we're sojourners in this Mm -hmm. as well. We're fellow sojourners along the way. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think maybe one thing that comes to mind is that as a church, you know, um, that the the community around us, will get a sense of what we believe and the faith that we have, um, not necessarily by listening to us, but by, you know, watching us yeah. live our mm-hmm. life, you know? So whether it's in the workplace, school, wherever, um, the, the, simply the way that we treat other people, the way that we live, I guess the way that we speak, you know, um, that they they would get a sense of what it is that we believe mm-hmm. by our actions.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. James is interesting in that way because in many ways we're going from Acts, which is about the wor- the church going into the world, mm-hmm. and James, his insistence is on not letting worldliness come into the church. Mm-hmm. But at the same time so many of the things that he encourages us onto makes us sort of a beautiful counterculture Mm -hmm. um, where things are as they ought to be and the world is kind of turned right side up Mm. and should be beautified and compelling Mm. so wonderful well uh join us in prayer for this and especially for us as we're just doing our best to be faithful to god's word for one another to become a whole church forming whole disciples for the good of all people all right talk to you soon